0: Welcome to another episode of And Then It Hit Me. I'm your host, Francis Rose, and today we have a very special guest on the show. We have Dr. Bernard Abiti. I you know what it is. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: It's good to be here. Thank you.
0: Yes, it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. Would you like to do a little introduction on yourself and talk a little bit to our audience about your background?
1: Um, yeah, um... I was born in, um, Nigeria, um, been in Canada since 96, I moved here with my mom and my dad and, um, three brothers, so there's four of us, um, I'm the second of four, um, what else do you want to know, high school? Yeah,
0: tell us about your life, your childhood, Um, four (laughs) brothers is kind of huge.
1: (laughs) Yeah, everybody always says, um, oh my God, you know, like your mom had four boys, um, you know, poor her. But she was crazy. <laughs> you know, she could handle it. Yes, yes, she could. Man, she was extra. But um, you know, she raised four pretty uh, responsible boys. Um, my oldest brother works for Apple. I'm an MD. Um, Augustine, whom you know, uh, yes. works at the bank. Yeah. Patrick is a chiropractor. Well, um, I went to James Cardinal McGuigan High School. Um, on Kill and Finch, then went to University of Toronto, did my um, Bachelor of Science in uh, Neuroscience, awesome. Integrated Biology and Psych. Then um, I went to medical school in Poland.
0: Yeah.
1: was there for four years, loved it, came back and um, now um, I work as an MD for pharma companies. I don't do a lot of clinical stuff. I do okay. a lot of pharmaceuticals. Yeah, so I'm a drug safety physician and you know work in the pharmacovigilance department i consult for big pharma companies nice. but i also keep my clinical um experience on the go you know part-time okay yeah on fridays and
0: is that just to fulfill some, like your yeah. passion yeah okay yeah. you
1: know i, I just it. you know get that clinical aspect of medicine going you know you just right. gotta be on top of things right so uh it's pretty much me married have a little boy.
0: The cutest boy yeah, ever, yeah, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't look anything like me though. <laughs> That's what says. You know, sometimes
1: I question my wife. I'm like, "Yo, hey, what's up?"
0: <laughs> Yet but, he will change. He yeah, will change. Yeah, he will. He definitely has your attitude.
1: Yes, he does. <laughs> he does yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. And also, um, I'm a personal trainer as well.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: You know, got my license from Canfit Pro. Yes. I love working out. I love exercise. And
0: yeah. what is your fitness company?
1: Um, Strain Fitness MD. Mm-hmm. Follow me on Instagram at strangefitnessmd. Um, it's a weird name, but um, a lot of my friends used to call me Doctor Strange from yes. the uh, Marvel movie. So I, you know, I kind of stuck. So that's the so strange. Should we from. call
0: you Doctor Strange throughout this podcast? You
1: know what? That would be kind of cool. Let's do
0: it. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> yes. So,
1: yes. Yes.
0: Introducing Doctor Strange to the show. Yes,
1: with the green stone, <laughs> time stone. <laughs>
0: your story yeah. about how you became a caregiver but what inspired you to be a doctor
1: um i would say um uh just giving back you know it's almost i would say kind of like spiritually rewarding
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know to you know just be there for someone um you know the journey to you know better health healthy living you know healing so um it gives me purpose, you know. Like right. And I wake up in the morning every day and I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm making a difference in someone's life. Yes. So, and um, and you hear it from people, too, once in a while, you know, like people you can't even remember and say, hey, you know, Doc, you know, thank you for this. You know, this changed right. my life. And, you know, and that feels good. Yeah. You know, that makes you want to keep going mm-hmm. and, you know, doing it. And, you know, I also love to push myself. And I'm the kind of person that... um you know i give myself um like um uh, goals and i feel like you know i push myself and i always wanted to be the best at whatever i did and i felt like you know <laughs> you know getting into the, into this space you yes. know, helped. and i love the respect aspect of it too mm. you know, we respect you you know in a world where as an african-american you know you don't get that a lot you right. know like this is this is fulfilling like you know no matter when someone sees you, they don't see color, right? Right. Like, you know they, you know they see someone who you know can help them. Can help them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah,
0: that's awesome. Feels good.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, how has your life and plans changed for your future? Given that you probably saw yourself following a specific path or yeah. journey yeah. in your early days, now through school and going to Poland, yeah. how did your career and just your future transform?
1: Um, No, that's a good question. But you know what? I've always wanted to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I was a little kid, um, my mom used to say, um, I always wanted to be a soldier doctor. Like, that was the term.
0: Oh, wow. You mean for for soldiers? Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I know. So I've always wanted to do that. So I think um, um, my focus never changed. I've always known what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. where I wanted to be, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and if you know me well, I'm a very, very... Particular strategic person like I plan ahead of time, so you know uh, not a lot has changed because I knew where I wanted to be in life, you know. So I just stuck to this, you know, script and you know got to where I wanted to be. But um, you know, in terms of growing up, I think um, my perspective on life has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, just being around, you know. I mean, one day, you know, um, I'll give you an example. I go to the clinic every Fridays, right? And um, a lot can change in a week. You right. Know? Like I will walk into the clinic a week from today, and they'll say so and so has passed away. Oh. So yeah, I get that a lot. So it kind of like gives you perspective on life, you know. And you know, so I hope I answered the question. Yeah, yeah
0: you did. Yeah. Now, how do you manage that?
1: Um. I like to think I have a thick skin, you Mm -hmm. know, and, um, and also, um, I'm actually on learning how to like show my emotions.
0: Ah. Yeah. It's very,
1: very, you know, and we talked about this before the podcast, you know, like, you know, um, growing up, you know, watching my parents, right? Like I never saw my mom or dad show a lot of emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, you know, the man always had to be strong, strong and yeah. not
0: cry. Yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. So, um, you know, I thought that that was normal, right? But, you know, obviously it's not because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you need emotions to, you need your emotions out. Right. You know, it's part of the grieving process, right? right. And it's healthy. Right. You know, so.
0: How did you learn to do that? Um,
1: just, um, I read a lot of books mm-hmm. and um, I listened to a lot of podcasts on like, you know, life and you know, pers- um, the journey to finding yourself and, you know, things like that. So, you know, that helps. And, you know, having, you know, my partner, my wife, sir, you know, she's, you know, she really, she's a very emotional person. And, right. You know, and, um,
0: so she helps yeah, bring that she out. She
1: helps. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously she helps That's bring that awesome. out. And, uh, you know, we're, we live in a different world now, right? Yeah. You know, we're, um, you know, ment- a lot of people are not afraid to talk about, like, mental illness, you know, in yes, uh, yes. you know, and therapy, and, you know, um, there's a quote that someone said, he said, I'm mentally ill, I'm not mentally weak. Right. So, you know, the fact that, you know, you can, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, you can admit that, you know, you have, you know, that something's bothering you, uh, yes. you, know, you, you you Can just show it that, but um, I mean, at first, I you know, I just bottled all that stuff at work, but you know, now I think it just gives me perspective on life. You know, you appreciate life more, mm-hmm. you know, you don't take life for granted, right. And when you see your patients or people around you, you're just more there, right? You know, and uh, yeah,
0: and what are your thoughts around mental health and the stigma around it?
1: Um, yeah, that's a good question. I did, um, I think that, um People tend to think that, you know, you know, someone, there's a stigma around it, first of all.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, um, it has this negative connotation to it, but, um, I think we all have mental battles and, you know, mental struggles and it's human. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think we have to embrace it more. Yes. Because when you bottle up things, you bottle you bottle up a lot, and eventually it'll come out, right. and you know it comes out in you know a lot of people who bottle this stuff up will come out. It could come out violently, right? Right. You know you don't want that, so you know I feel like people just have to embrace it and look for help, yeah, and have good support groups around them, right? You know, and know that they have this thing and figure out ways to you know. Um, Combat it and get right. better. Yeah.
0: And have you leveraged any of those resources yourself to help combat some of the things that you deal with on a day to day with your patients or even yeah. just in your relationship? Yeah.
1: You just talk talk to people. You communicate. Communication is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just regurgitating like your emotions is important because it brings it out. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a form of you know just letting it out. So, and I feel like I communicate it better. Right. You know, um, I still go to therapy with my wife. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: So that helps. Yeah therapy is important everybody should go to therapy i think
0: and i i know you mentioned um earlier before we started recording that you found therapy to be life-changing
1: yes yes because um i never wanted to go to it at first right right but uh you know just just because of my upbringing you know like people will say you don't need therapy you just need to be strong or pray <laughs> you know stuff like that but um it helps because um Number one, it, it, you're, it, it puts you in a space where there's no judging and yes. people are listening. Your partner is listening to you or someone is listening to you and you're able to talk to someone. So it puts you in that safe space. Right. So um, it, it's very important. And um, it's just when you're at home or, you know, you're not in a space like that, you know, when, you when you know, myself, for example, and my wife, you know, will get into you know disagreements like nobody's listening to each
0: right. other, right? Like right. there's just
1: one person it's talking. It's emotion
0: out. over emotion.
1: In a space like that, um, you're you're in a safe space where the other person listens to you, mm-hmm. and there's actually a rational person there whom is it, who that's the therapist who you know can actually you know calm things down and kind of quarterback the whole you know um, process and conversation. So it helps. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's really changed my life in a lot of way and just make me look at things different, like validating the other person, you know, compromising, talking.
0: That's amazing. Well, thank you for being transparent about that because I'm, I think it's difficult for a lot of individuals, especially, um, with your background, you know, growing up, whether it's in Nigeria or even just being of African descent, it is not common. Yes, definitely not. Um, but I hope your story encourages other people, regardless of their background Mm -hmm. to seek the support that they do need, because at the end of the day, we're human. The same way we need medicine. We also need mental support.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I always like to say, um, you know, it's kind of like a. What do you have? You have like a MacBook, right? It looks good, right? It looks good. So the outside looks good, but if you don't have a good software, you know, it's it won't useless. Work yeah. So you got to exactly. also, you know, take care of the mind. The exactly.
0: And, and I think the difficult part is that you can't see the mind. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's, it's difficult to kind of diagnose. Exactly. But yeah. the only person who can bring that to life or even just bring attention to it as yourself yeah I yeah. so, agree yeah thank you for sharing that yeah. so I want to go back to some of your responsibilities as yeah. a caregiver okay what are your daily obligations like as dr. strange uh, <laughs> um,
1: well um, I um, mostly my daily obligations with um, the pharmaceutical industries you know I more drug safety so I'm looking at adverse drug reactions you know, to medications and um, what goes on the um, product monographs, oh. you know, and, you know, what's safe, what's not safe. How what do you needs test it? that? Um, cases. There are a lot of cases that go to Health Canada, uh, you know, a lot, tons of cases, and we just, it's called signal detection, so we just got to figure out what are very, very common address event and um medically significant um adverse events that should go on the drugs and you know what's happening to patients taking a lot of drugs so it's just Mm. mostly drug safety and pharmacovigilance making sure everything is right got it like nobody's missing anything um yeah
0: and it sounds like there's a lot of analysis that you do in your day-to-day work okay okay awesome and then how about in the clinic
1: yeah so clinic is just um it's a family practice clinic um um, it's a very, very multidisciplinary, fam, um, family practice clinic. We have dietitians, nurses, food doctors, technicians. So we do everything, the whole nine okay. yards, right from immunization to counseling, treatments, travel. So yeah. And it's, do it's, you
0: specialize in a specific area of no, the clinic?
1: No, no, I don't specialize in a specific, just, you know. So
0: it, you see all, yes, all types also, of patients? Yeah,
1: it's a practitioner, yeah. Got it.
0: Yeah. And how do you like that?
1: Uh, it's fun, you know I'm a problem solver, so you know it's you know you you, you know you a, a patient is not like textbook and a patient doesn't work coming with you know um bullet points on your forehead right, right. so you, you know you, just <laughs> you gotta, have to figure it out you gotta navigate and ask questions and figure it out so you know I love problem solving I've always loved it, so it's kinda it's kind of neat mm-hmm. I'm almost like an investigator right <laughs> medical investigator, so that's fun you know that you get to do that right um, yeah.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges you experience as a caregiver?
1: Um, I think the most important one is work overload. Yeah. 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 You're constantly working. You Mm -hmm. know, there's so much to do and so much learning, so much, um, service. It's just a lot of work. I think that's the most important one. Another one is, um, the patient experience, you know, um, caregivers don't have a lot of time to spend with the patient, you know, um. You know, patients, just like, you know, consumers, you know, they demand and expect the best services. But, you know, we just don't have that much time, Right. you know, to spend with these guys. So I'll say those are the two, you know, most important challenges that I face personally.
0: So if you aren't able to spend as much time yeah. with a patient, Yeah. What is the importance of other healthcare providers, or even just having a support system for the survivor?
1: Yeah, it's very important. It's very important, and yeah, you bring out a good point because if we can't, somebody has to, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely important, but I think we're aware of that as healthcare professionals, and that's why we have physician assistants and nurses and RPNs, you know, and you know psychotherapist you know because um um when someone you know gets into an accident or you know has some mental disabilities just it's not one specialty or doctor that or you know professional that focuses on them right right little pockets of other specialties and professionals that you know help it's almost like you know uh how, how will I say it, it's a community of healthcare professionals that help. So yeah, it is important. A
0: whole team. Yeah, it right.
1: Is, so and uh, you know, if I can give a little bit of my time and someone else, and you know, it adds up. It helps, right? right. It's better than nothing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah.
0: In your experience, what are the key components of an ideal recovery?
1: Um, I would say um, proper treatment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. They obviously need proper treatment. Proper. T- we- Proper diagnosis comes with proper treatment, so right. you have to make sure, you know, you know what's going on,
0: right?
1: You know, and treat it properly. Mm-hmm. And also, I think um, patient focus. What do I mean by that? Um, you have to make sure that you know the patient. Can I use the word patient? Yeah. Yeah, the patient, you know, um, has access um, to. Whomever he needs to get access to, you know, like um, if he needs to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist or, you know, a physiotherapist. So he he needs that access. Right. The access has to be fast, quick. Yeah. Um, And um, he needs a good support system. Yeah. Good lifestyle. (laughs) Quality of life is important, Mm -hmm. right? So... I think those are all important. And I feel like the most important thing, I think, is education for the patient. Because the patient needs to be aware of the, you know, psychological stress that comes with the illness and needs to be able to cope with it and right deal with it so
0: that actually leads me into the next question okay. which is how do you help survivors cope with their new normal life because when they're going through recovery yeah. depending on how traumatic the experience was they may not be able to pursue the life that they used to have yes yeah, exactly. how as a medical professional how do you help them through that
1: um you just like i said you just have to educate them. i give you an example because when you ask me this question, um, my sister-in-law comes to mind. Mm. You know about her, right? Mm -hmm. No. No. Um, So she was diagnosed with a very rare condition called CTEF. So it's chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension.
0: Oh, wow. It's
1: like five-year life expectancy.
0: Oh, uh, wow. Yeah.
1: So she had this two years ago. She had to do a 12-hour surgery and, you know, it affected her brain. She was a lawyer, by the way. So she had a good life. Right. Um, but now she's an advocate for it. She's speaking, in fact, she's in Vancouver right now speaking about the disease because the rare disease, there's only six doctors in the world that could treat this this disease. Yeah. So, you know, um, just watching her journey, I think you should have on your podcast. Absolutely.
0: I'd love to. You
1: you should definitely have on your podcast to kind of speak on stuff like this because I'm, you know, she will give you a better perspective on it, but you know, um, People like that just have to be dedicated to the process, yes, you know, um, after surgery was done, you know, I told her that you know first of all, congratulations, that's a milestone, like you did a twelve hour surgery, like yes. you had to stop her heart mm-hmm. and her lungs and get out the scar tissue from the from the lungs, right um but um, I told her the hardest part so that's not, I don't mean to scare you, but it is mm-hmm. you know the surgery, you know, the meds. Recovery, that's great. But the hardest part starts now not because this is the mental battle now. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, life is not going to be the same. Exactly. You know, um, you're not going to be able to go back to work and be a lawyer and work at that fast pace.
0: Right.
1: You know, you're going to have post-traumatic stress dis- disorder. You're going to be thinking about this stuff. And, you, you know, um, so this is the battle. And yeah. I feel like, um, you know, they just have to... We have the beauty about Canada is um, we have a good healthcare system here. Yes. You know, so you just have to trust the doctors or trust the specialists, trust the caregivers, trust the process. And you also have to understand, be educated, and be informed about your illness, right? right. And I think that um, if you're aware, you're able to advocate for, they're able to advocate for themselves, right? Right. And, you know, get all the care they need. So, um, yeah. I think, I hope that answered your question, yeah.
0: It does, but I actually have another question based yeah. on one of your answers, which was getting proper diagnosis. Yes. I've heard of many instances where people either go to the hospital or clinic and don't get the right diagnosis. Yeah. As a patient who is not an expert, yes. how do they know when to question the diagnosis
1: yeah, that's or to a, trust their doctor? That's a tricky part because you know, in one breath I could say, you know, it doesn't hurt to like read up on like your disease or your disorder and then on another breath, you know, I can say, you know, patients now will think they're doctors, you know, coming into the clinic and, and they saying,
0: diagnose themselves they say, like, doc, <laughs> yeah. I,
1: like this is what I think, you know. I, I you know, it's it's a very, very tricky line, you know, but um um uh, I would just say you can always get a second opinion. Okay. You know what right, I mean right, right. just always get a second opinion from another expert too, Got it you know see because then if there is um if there is um uh, no, it's not reliable, but you know if everybody's saying the same thing right I guess the information is reliable right right like, you know you
0: have peace of mind that that's okay, consistent. it's consistent right. there we go right Got yeah it.
1: so yeah, I get a second opinion I'll say on that
0: that's a good idea, yeah. Do you think there are enough resources out there for survivors, caregivers, healthcare providers, anyone who works with a variety of clients and trauma survivors? Are there enough resources there for you?
1: Um, yes, I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, yeah, first I thought that question was for patients. But um, I think there are a lot of resources, yeah. You know, uh, but, you know, at the same time, I think that... Uh, with all that we don't we're human beings right like right. we don't we don't know it all but you know even the patient themselves can be a resource right and yes. i think that that's very important that we also listen to them and hear them out that's because true. they know their body better than we do even though yes. we know the anatomy so right um yeah i think they are
0: yeah that's awesome what advice would you give someone who has just had a traumatic experience and is about to enter the health care or rehabilitation system
1: um, I don't want to sound cliche, but, um, you know, it's more like, um, you know, stick to the process, be open-minded, be positive. And instead of an advice, I will say more like, you know, I would rather give an affirmation than an advice, you know, like, right. you know, like it will get better. Right. You know, just be positive. Yes. You know, Yeah.
0: And earlier, we were talking about the stigma around mental health. But now I want to talk about the stigma around disabilities. Yeah. So any physical limitations or yeah. barriers? What yeah. are your thoughts around that? Um,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, there definitely is a stigma because, you know, the word disabled, you know, it just it means, you know, someone is not able. Right. But, you know, you could be disabled and still be able, able. to do things you exactly know, you know like you might need longer to like complete a task or you know need to adjust your working conditions right. or you know have modified duties or whatever right? whatnot but it doesn't mean that you're not able Agreed. so i don't even like the word "disabled," right because it means not able but you know um yeah, yeah, there definitely is a stigma around it, but people just need to understand and educate themselves so that you know, disability doesn't mean not able to, right? A right. lot of people are disabled and they're still strong. They're still able to do a lot of things that they enjoy doing.
0: Exactly. You know,
1: maybe not at the
0: same level, level as, right. you know. Right. Name three characteristics survivors need to have to recover successfully. Oof,
1: that's a good one. Three characteristics that survivors need to Hmm. Dedication, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, discipline. Mm hmm. That's and, a good one. And uh, just being open minded, you know.
0: I love that one. Yeah.
1: Just, you know, don't be closed minded. Just get taking a lot of information as you can. Process it. Learn. 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 Yeah. Grow. Yeah.
0: If you could leave other healthcare providers like yourself yeah. with one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Um. Just be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Empathy, you know, be more present, because I think we live in a fast-paced world where yeah, you know, you so
0: know, take a then, minute to slow down and
1: and just you know, um, just uh, yeah, just take a minute, slow down, be there, let the the person, the patient who's coming to seek your advice, know that you're listening. Yeah, because sometimes that helps a lot it more does. than the. Actual therapy and the medication. Just knowing that, you know, as a patient, knowing that wow, like this doctor listened to me and he really does care. Right. You know, it's it's um, it's definitely part of the healing process
0: for sure. Right. If you could leave survivors with Mm. one piece of advice, what would that be? Mm.
1: You know, someone always has it worse than you. You know it's not the end of the world just keep working hard you know but what um, if it
0: feels like the end of the world
1: yeah i know it I, certainly
0: did for me when yeah. i couldn't work out with you and you know we were i don't think i mentioned this on, on the podcast or audience but we initially met because we were to partner with each other for a fitness business yes and i got hit by a car approximately a month later yeah. so we were neighbor, we were never able to launch that business venture yeah. together um but what if it feels like your life was just taken away from you yeah um
1: yeah you know there's nothing wrong with you know feeling that way first of all you mm-hmm. know there's nothing wrong with having those emotions and i understand them and you should have those emotions and feel that way but you know like it's always I call it um the importance of the reference point meaning its perspective like you know you look at a, you look at where you are and you just have to realize that yeah it could have been better there are a lot of people healthier than me but the the power of the reference point there's a lot of people um there's a lot of people that have it worse i give you an right. example you know um you know they said there was a study that was done and said who would be more happier, you know, the person who won the silver medal or the person who won the bronze medal? Who do you think? Who's more happy?
0: I think the bronze.
1: Yes, you're right. You know, a lot of people would say the person with the silver medal, but the bronze medal, because of that reference point, because the person who won the silver medal will always almost refer to the person who won the gold. Right. Like, then that, that should not be me, right? Yes, yes. But the person who won the bronze medal will almost always refer to the fourth, fifth, sixth, 7th, 8th, yes. 200th place person that didn't win, right? It's true. And they'll be like, Wow, like I'm lucky. Yeah. Thank God. So I feel like if people in if people in your situation can look at it from that point of view that wow, you know, somebody that's thousands of people that have gone to an accident and died. Right. Or, you know, lost their brain function or can't be sitting here today doing this podcast. Right. You know, um doesn't have the opportunity to do what they love again.
0: Right. Or to even try to do it again.
1: Yeah, you you feel good.
0: Yeah, you know that's
1: that's 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 what I'd see.
0: Yeah, that's definitely what got me through the first three months of my recovery. Mm -hmm. Is just well, if I was dead, I wouldn't be able to have an opportunity to get back on my feet and try again. Exactly.
1: And I think also um, your support system helps as well, you know, the people you have around you too, and not just healthcare professionals like your loved ones, you know, your family, family your friends. And friends, if you yeah. have good people who are very supportive, who are there for you, that that helps. Right. That helps a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Well yeah.
0: thank you so much for being with us. Today. Yeah,
1: thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know
0: that's awesome. I
1: know it wasn't the best podcast. It was the best. <laughs> yeah, okay.
0: uh, No, you have to listen to them. I don't say that to everybody. (laughs) But thank you so much, truly, for sharing your expertise. I don't think we've had an MD on the show yet. You're the first one. Um, But we'd love to have you back another time to kind of see where things are at later on. Because... A lot of people grow, whether yeah. you're a survivor or a medical professional. Yeah. Everyone grows with experience. Yes, so yes, would yes. love to touch base with you in Definitely. a few months or years. Definitely, but yeah. um, thank you so much for sharing.
1: Yes, thank you. And um, keep up the good work. This is good.
0: Thank you. Um, you know,
1: you're know, you advocating for a lot of people who don't have voices, so that's great. Exactly. You know, and, um, yeah, keep it up.
0: Thank you again, and thanks for listening to our show, everyone. Bye.
1: Peace out.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening in on another episode of And Then It Hit Me. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to share this episode with a friend or someone else who might be going through recovery. Don't forget to like and comment on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at And Then It Hit Us, or visit our website us dot com. Bye, everyone.